Welcome to The Drive with Josh Downs, a faith-based coaching podcast where I'll share weekly thoughts, principles, insights, and more, all designed to help you build a better self, to better love yourself, so that you can better become all you were meant to be. Good morning, everybody. Happy Monday. Welcome to another week of The Drive podcast. I'm Josh Downs, and today's episode is episode 507, Teamwork Makes the Dream Work. I wanted to start out just by telling you a little love, a bit about an experience that I had recently where I had the opportunity to spend an evening with a local cheerleading team here for some training. Obviously not training on cheerleading. <laughs> That's definitely something I cannot do, but on unity and coming together. Although I did try to break the ice a little bit by starting out with a, a cheerleading joke. Uh, the only one, I, I guess I would say, that I know. Uh, it goes something like this. I'm, I'll tell it to you. Um, since there's nobody here to roll their eyes at me. So the joke is this. What does a cheerleader say if they see a bee flying towards someone to attack them? The answer, be aggressive. Be, be aggressive. <laughs> I know. This is the best I had. Um, that was, your response was probably most in line with what their response was. Um, we had a great evening though, and it was so good. You know, I walked into this room and... At first, I didn't think that there was any problems with Unity. Their coaches, they kind of informed me that there was a little bit of a struggle, uh, that they hadn't come together fully. They were getting ready for nationals, and they just really needed to, to find some ways to connect more with each other, that there were several members that didn't feel accepted uh, on that team. But when I walked in, I don't think you would have known that. They were very talkative. Uh, there was a lot of energy. There were a lot of smiles, a lot of laughter. They were getting together for dinner initially, and then I would be speaking to them. So I guess I wasn't sure about how disconnected they really were, but yet I was going to move forward with my remarks and the, the training that I had prepared for. I, I did a lot of the things that I normally do with, with kids because I found that a lot of these struggles are very universal to what uh, they're experiencing. I did my little lift experience where I had one of the cheerleaders sit on a 4x4 four four size board and eventually the entire team got around and lifted them all up with one finger. And it's always just such a great visual to see these kids lifting each other, one of their own up at the top, big smile on their face as they, it's a little bit of a scary experience because you're a little ways up off the ground and you recognize you're only being held up by individual fingers. <laughs> and if they decided to move quickly or take their finger away, that you would come crashing down pretty hard. But at the same time, it teaches such a wonderful principle and concept about the importance of connection and being together and how we rise best when we lift others. And after doing that little experience, I asked them what they got out of it. And uh, among some of those other things that I just mentioned, one cheerleader raised her hand and said, I always have liked the phrase that teamwork makes the dream work. And I guess I hadn't really heard it put that way. And I thought I'd love that statement. And that's, there's a lot of truth to that. Teamwork makes the dream work. We all need each other to succeed, and we can't be afraid to reach out to each other, to ask for help, or just to reach out to others for support. I heard a great story the other day that I actually wasn't familiar with that kind of speaks to this idea of teamwork makes the dream work, and it's about the Statue of Liberty, of all things, that I, I wanted to share the story with you guys because I, I think, like I said, it really falls into alignment with what I want uh, the message to be today to you. It was back in 1880, right, that the Statue of Liberty was first designed to be built. It cost around $250,000 to build, 
which I think is equivalent to close to 5 million today. It was quite an endeavor to undertake. The French people contributed to funding the entire build of the statue, but we were left to fund the, the pedestal that it would rest on. Our government tried its best to pass bills to fund the construction, but money was really tight and hard to come by. We had just had the, the Civil War, and so we were in recovery mode, and the purse strings were basically really tight, and all those bills failed to be passed. So Joseph Pulitzer, best known today for, as the namesake for the Pulitzer Prize, decided to appeal directly to us, to the U.S. citizens, to fund the remaining cost of the project. And he used his newspaper, The World, to reach citizens in mass. And he wrote an article that basically said this. He said, we must raise the money. The world is the people's paper, and now it appeals to the people to come forward and raise the money. The 250000 that the making of the statue cost was paid in by mass of the French people, by the working men, the tradesmen, the shop girls, the artisans, by all irrespective of class or condition. So let us respond in like manner. Let us not wait for the millionaires to give us the money. It is not a gift from the millionaires of France to the millionaires of America, <laughs> but it is a gift of the whole people of France to the whole people of America. Just a, just a beautiful sentiment and an appeal to us as Americans. And the appeal was heard by over 125,000 Americans who contributed a combined total of 100,000 to the building of the pedestal. That 100,000 in value today would be just over probably $2.5 million. It was a remarkable effort by so many to contribute to the building and the completion of the Statue of Liberty. And uh, as a result, the statue has been visited by millions of people all around the world because someone wasn't afraid to ask for help and people were more than willing to give it. Now, back to my experience that night training these, these cheerleaders. To kind of help them understand the importance of connection, we talked a little bit about the Redwood National Forest, which I think you've probably heard me reference a couple times if you've been a follower of this podcast. But for those that haven't, and for all of us that need to be reminded of it, the redwoods have a very unique root system, unlike any other tree system in the world or root system in the world. I spent some time in the south on my mission, and I, I noticed in several storms that I experienced there how quickly the trees were to topple over. And it was largely due to the fact that the roots just grew outwards. They didn't have to go down very deep to get water because there was so much moisture in the air. And so as a result of that, there wasn't a ton of support for the, the trees in the south. And so when I'm in the redwoods and I'm looking at the size of these trees, I, in my mind, visualized their roots going down just as deep as they were tall, which just boggled my mind. But in a conversation that I had with one of the rangers, he said, no, that's not how it works. The roots actually grow outwards from these redwood trees. And so I asked him, well, how in the world do they support themselves? How do they support each other? And he said, well, that's what makes them unique is their roots intertwine with the other trees. It literally is connection with the other trees that allows these trees to be the tallest and the strongest and to have lasted the longest in the entire world. And that was such an amazing message and a reminder to me. I have often felt that we live in a living and breathing classroom and God has put interwoven into nature so many lessons for us to learn. And this was a powerful one for me. 
that the best way for me to reach my full potential, to be able to grow as tall and as strong as I possibly can be, won't be found in me being alone and supporting myself, but in being supported and connected with others. And, and I love that thought, and I wanted to convey that to these, these kids. And so we talked a little bit about that. But then we also talked about how in order to have that connection, there needs to be a state of safety, a place of safety that is created. Because in order for us to really be ourselves so that we can be connected with who we are and what we're really going through, we need to be able to feel safe to express that. And for others to see that, that's how we really connect with each other. When the walls come down and we are vulnerable, and that requires vulnerability. Because who we are is the roots, right? We are the roots of the the tree. That is who we are. The, The tree is what comes kind of out of us. It's what everybody sees outside of us. The roots are what is underground. It's beneath the surface. And that's what requires us to be vulnerable, is to allow those to see the roots that are we often protect below ground. But that's where connection happens. And that was, <laughs> this is a very uh, emotional episode for me. I apologize. But um, that's what allows us to connect with others uh, on, on a deeper level, is when we allow ourselves to be seen by others for who we really are, and for what we're going through. And when those walls come down and we can make those connections with others, that's where strength is found and that's where community is truly developed. And I think that's what these kids are suffering from so much so because they are afraid. They are afraid to let the walls down. They are afraid to be themselves. And as a result, they can be completely surrounded by other trees. but they're not connected. They're just not connected. And uh, they're struggling. And I wanted them to see this. So so I passed out a sheet of paper. Um, they, were, they just started a, a week called uh, Ohana Week, which means family. It's uh, one of the efforts by one of the advisors to help bridge that gap and help them to connect more to each other as a team. And, uh, and I wrote on the top of this little paper that Ohana means family, and family means nobody gets left behind or forgotten. And, uh, and I told them one of the things that it will help you connect more as a family is to let the walls down a little bit and be a little bit vulnerable with each other. And so I said, I want you to write something down on this paper that is something that you are going through that is hard for you that very few, if any, know about. I said, I don't want you to put your name on this. We'll keep it anonymous, but I want you to genuinely write down something that you're going through and then just fold it up and put it in a a basket that I had being passed around. So once they completed that, they gave me all of their sheets and I just wanted to read a few of them to you so that you can kind of understand what some of these kids are going through. Um, One person wrote, what's been hard for me is what others think of me feeling like everyone doesn't care about me. Another one wrote, feeling lonely. Friends are hard. Another one wrote, body image. I'm struggling with the way that I see my body. Another one wrote, I'll never be enough for some people. No matter how hard I try, some will never accept me. Anxiety and stress from another one. Nobody pays attention anymore or cares. I feel like I'm falling into a black hole. 
Another one wrote, It's hard always putting on a smile every morning knowing how lonely and sad I feel. It's hard going through something that no one knows and that nobody knows me. I'm struggling with feeling seen and I feel like I don't belong anywhere that I go, which is super hard and I just want to stay home, but made promises to do things. I'm struggling with feeling insecure about the way that I look, body image issues. This is from a team, a team of, of cheerleaders, some of the you know most popular and beautiful uh, kids uh, in the school. And this is what they're dealing with and what they're struggling with. And uh, this is not new to, to them. This is what I find everywhere I go with every group of young people that I, I work with. They are struggling on a level that has not been seen uh, yet in, I think, the history of the world, honestly. Uh, they are only connecting on the surface, which really, again, isn't connecting. And we have to learn to be open to asking for help and receiving help because we are stronger together. And this means being vulnerable with our problems, not necessarily wearing them on our sleeve, but certainly not hiding them either. There are many relationships I know that are suffering not because people are not giving to each other, but because they're not receiving from each other. Because receiving is harder to do. It requires more vulnerability. By receiving the love, the respect, the compliments, the help and support that others can give, it strengthens a connection between the giver and the receiver, and both are the better and stronger because of it. We've often been taught that it is better to give than to receive, but I believe this is completely wrong. It is better to give and receive. To give and receive. If we think it's better to give than receive, well, this suggests that there is something wrong with receiving, which there's nothing wrong with receiving. In fact, we want to receive more. We want to let life just shower us with gifts, with pleasures, with joys, with surprises, both large and small. And we want to show our appreciation for all these things. The more that we can receive, the more that we can give back. But you know what? The reverse is not true. Giving more does not necessarily mean that we can receive more. We must remember that it's harder to receive than it is to give and work on this part of ourselves so that we can become good receivers and givers with both being imbalanced to each other. Now, in all my study this week, I found two dominant reasons as to why most of us are afraid to ask for help that I just want to let you know and remind you of that so that you can overcome them when you feel that that way about asking for help. Number one is that we tend to underestimate people's willingness and ability to help. I came across a pretty cool study conducted by the Columbia University in New York City, a place that I guess, you know, is not really exactly known for the kindness, uh, for kindness to, to strangers. At least that's the perception that I think has been created by in New York City. Everybody's in such a hurry. And uh, the participants of this particular study had to approach strangers on the street and simply ask for help. And they had to ask for help in a number of different ways. One of them was just to use their cell phone for a phone call um, under the pretense that they had left theirs or didn't have theirs. And they just needed to go up and ask people, can I use your cell phone to make a call? They couldn't elaborate too much on why they needed it or invent some kind of a sob story. They just had to ask. And although many of them doubted that they would get very much a positive response, much to their surprise, there were so many strangers that were willing to give them their cell phones and allow them to make calls. On average, according to the study, it only took two tries to get a busy New Yorker 
to lend them their phone. And this was duplicated with with other things as well, with asking for directions, um, having somebody show them around, uh, asking for help with the questionnaire, even asking for money. Participants regularly overestimated, almost by twice as much, with how many times they would need to ask before they got help and how much money on average that they'd be given and those kinds of things. Across these studies, it's common to see a pattern that we routinely underestimate others' willingness and ability to help. But the truth is that people actually help one another more often than you might think. In fact, one global Gallup survey that I came across found that three out of four Americans helped a stranger in need within a month and that the majority of people in more than half of the 140 countries surveyed had done the same. Through this particular study, Gallup estimates that worldwide 2.2 billion people help strangers in just a single month. Isn't that amazing? Another study by an international team of anthropologists and linguists found that 1,057 everyday requests, whether for some resource, some service, or some support, almost 90% were immediately fulfilled. However, again, so many of us assume that others aren't willing to help. We, we fear that we'll be rejected or we figure that even if others are willing to help, that no one will have the time or the ability to do it. But that, my friends, is not true. Reason number two is that I think we often believe that asking for help is a sign of weakness. And this is a terrible limiting belief. It can actually be seen as a sign of strength. That's really what it is. A sign of, of confidence that, yeah, we know certain things, but maybe there's some things we don't know. Or we can do certain things, but there's some things we can't do. And we're not afraid to ask for help for it. Seeking out advice is a positive thing. And it gives us actually the means to do more. And these kind of results were discovered from multiple surveys conducted by very many different groups, including one team from Harvard Wharton. So it's very clear, right, that we need to do better at not underestimating the willingness that people have to help. And also recognizing that asking for help is not a sign of weakness. And so one thought I'd like to share just to you young people that are listening is just simply don't be afraid to let others see you as you are. Let others know if and when you are struggling. Don't underestimate people's willingness to help, your family's willingness to help, your friends' willingness to help. And don't see asking for help as a sign of weakness. Because it's not. You'll be surprised at how quickly and how many people will come to your aid because we are better together. And that goes for all of us. Teamwork really does make the dream work. So my challenge for you is to be more vulnerable with each other and with God. Any guesses what the most repeated phrase in the scriptures is other than, and it came to pass? <laughs> How about ask and you shall receive? <laughs> Matthew twenty-one twenty. and all things whatsoever ye shall ask in prayer, believing ye shall receive. God wants to give, but he also wants us to be willing to receive what he has to give. And we best show that by asking him. He wants us to be vulnerable. He's trying to create vulnerability in us. And now I understand why we even have to ask when he knows already. Because he wants us to open ourselves up to him so that we can connect on a deeper level with him. Helen Keller once said that alone we can do so little, but together we can do so much. 
Now, in this episode, I, I thought, you know what, I'm going to put into practice a little about what I've taught here. I think that's good for me to do. I've always been so quick to be willing to give and always so slow to be willing to receive. And uh, so I'm going to do that with you here today, and I hope you don't mind. Um, but I do, in doing that, recognize I need to be a little vulnerable with you. And uh, as many of you know, if you follow me, I, I've been trying to help as many as I can with this podcast, with different service opportunities that I've tried to create with just traveling around and doing assemblies in schools and doing trainings and speaking events to teenagers like with this cheerleading group that I did this past week. And I've been doing it largely all while getting paid very little in return, which I am just fine with. But I left my job back in April of last year to try to make all this happen. And I have to tell you, it has been the absolute best year of my life for growth and for experiences and for opportunities that I've had. Just not quite so much for money. <laughs> I know that that part is going to take some time. I'm very right-brained. I love creating. I've always loved art. The left side of my brain doesn't function as uh, at a high as level as my right. And so math and statistics and all those things, uh, money and accounting and the, the business side of my brain is severely underdeveloped. And so for that reason alone, it's going to take a lot of time combined with the fact that it just normally takes a lot of time for any new businesses to, to get going. And... Uh, but yet, it's, it's also been difficult. I went from making over six figures to just under 6000 last year. And uh, my savings is about out. My retirement is just about gone. And I still have a ways to go. Yet, I don't regret anything. And I wouldn't change anything. Because I'm happier than I've ever been. And I'm less worried about the future than I've ever been. Because I know it will all work out. I just know that it might take a little bit of time. And so I'm trusting in God's timing for me and for what it is that I'm trying to do. But I also now am learning and am coming to recognize that He often helps us best through others. And I need more time to get this going and to get in front of more kids and to make an impact out there. I could go back and get another job. That's not a problem. And if I need to, I will. I'm happy to do that. But I'm working actually more now than I ever did back then. Entire days are being spent trying to push this forward to get into more schools and more kids and producing more materials for you and for others. And I hate the thought of losing that time that I could put into something as valuable as I see as helping others through things like this podcast. I'm launching this week a Come Follow Me podcast as well that I'm super excited about. I am bringing back a daily podcast for teens titled Hope for Teens that will be launched within the next two weeks. I'm releasing a book on my website uh, this Monday, today, called Gratitude Comes First, which I think you will absolutely love. <laughs> it's been life-changing for me. Some of the principles and truths that are in that book as I chronicle some of my story and experience and going through divorce and something terribly hard and traumatic and what it is that has allowed me to keep my faith and keep moving forward and has brought me to such a beautiful place. And it's gratitude. And I had to learn that it has to come before everything else. I'm excited to get that book out there. I have so many other ideas for books and things. Uh, I've been able to get in front now of over 16,000 kids just my first year. And uh, I'm just getting started. But again... <laughs> 
I need more time. And uh, I need I need the money. <clears throat> I need the money to make that happen. I believe in what I'm doing. And uh, if you believe in me and what I'm trying to do, then I can use your help. And I'm going to ask for your help today in any way that you can give it. You can donate to my effort to help these kids. There's a donation link on my website. I've created a GoFundMe page uh, that uh, I'll put a link in the show notes as well as on my website. You can donate through that. Uh, you could just purchase my book or any of the lesson plans that I've put together. All of that will just go to support what I'm trying to do. You can put me in touch with any investors that may want to help these kids like I do and might be interested in funding our foundation a little or any other connections that you have that you think might help me get into more schools. Uh, you can just share my podcast, continue to share it, or the, the book that is coming out today or anything else that I put out there with others in your life that you think can they that it can help or make an impact in, in their lives or even just offer a prayer on my behalf for what I'm doing. I will take any help that you can give. But I also know if I don't ask for it, then how can I ever receive it? <laughs> so that's what I'm doing today is trying to be a little vulnerable with you, letting you know where I'm at. Because you know what? It's funny looking on social media. You'd never see any of this kind of stuff. You never, we don't see what goes on beneath the surface. That is the problem and the danger with social media. Everybody looks happy and and uh, like they have everything they ever needed. <laughs> and uh, that's probably one of the reasons we spend so much time on it is, is we want to, to hope that we can get to a place like that. But that's not the way life is meant to be. And we connect with each other, not on the surface, but beneath. And, uh, and so that's what I want to share with you today. I apologize. This has probably been my most emotional episode I've ever had. And, uh, but I guess that's what happens when you choose to be a little vulnerable. I just want each of you to know how much I love uh, you for all the support you've given me up to this point. Um, I have made some of the best contacts and friends and have received some of the kindest messages. Uh, it really has been an absolute privilege to be connected with all of you. And I look forward to connecting with you more and more as the time goes on. I have so many fun, exciting plans that I am looking forward to doing. And uh, one day when the money starts coming in, which I know it will, the Lord is working hard to make sure everything falls into place at the right time for me. Um, but when it does, you're going to see some pretty amazing things happen uh, with all of that. Because I have some big plans on how to help as many people as I can. And thank you for being part of all of this. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being followers and subscribing to, to this podcast and many of the other things that I do. God bless you in your efforts in whatever it is that you're trying to do. And as always, if there's anything I can do to help you, please don't hesitate to ask. Because as we began, remember, it's teamwork that makes the dream work. It takes a village, not just for our kids, but for all of us. We are better together. And uh, just wanted to leave that with you today. Thank you for listening. I hope you have a great day. Do something to connect with somebody at a deeper level today. Will you let the walls down a little bit? Share with somebody your struggle and ask for help. Don't be afraid to ask for help. 
God bless each of you. Have a great day and and week. And uh, until next time, I'm Josh Downs, and you've been listening to The Drive.